0: From the Islamic Institute of Toronto, you're listening to the IT Podcast Hour.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the IT Podcast Hour. My name is Mamun Hassan. Today's guest is a dear brother with an inspirational story. Sheikh Abdullah Duru is an imam and Islamic teacher and serves as a scholar at Yaqeen Institute. Coming from a Ghanaian background, Sheikh Abdullah converted to Islam in 1997 and then went on to graduate from the College of Sharia from the Islamic University of Medina. Sheikh Abdullah also holds a unique title of Head of Convert Resources at Yaqeen Institute. Today, I want to talk to him about some of his thoughts as a convert to Islam and also as an imam. Sheikh Abdullah Durru, welcome to the IIQ Podcast Hour.
0: Alhamdulillah, it's good to be here. Thank you May Allah
1: me. bless you, inshallah, and jazakallah. Uh, it's uh, certainly a blessing uh, and an honor for us to have you here. So, Shahabdullah, Abdullah, um, one of the topics that we want to talk about today is, which is a really amazing topic. So you, uh, for Yaqeen Institute, you are actually the lead, I believe, uh, in um, convert research, as I, as I believe is, is your title.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of changed. You know, it's really, mm-hmm. it's it, it fluctuates. You know, it's kind of, you know, I like to say the convert life department. So issues mm-hmm. that are dealing with new and renewed Muslims. Uh, you know, we try to make some products and content that helps fulfill their journey and help them along their way, inshallah mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing because this is really the topic that we want
1: to talk about today yeah. um, It is quite difficult for us as Muslims, I believe, to understand how converts um, navigate their day-to-day life, Especially when they are a part of a bigger non-Muslim family and uh, I believe we're, we're, it's easier for us to understand <laughs> um, the, the the plight of, of of reverts, actually, right? When we tell them, what, or, or when they tell us, my family hated it, it's easier for us to navigate. It's easier for us to accept that mm-hmm. of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a narrative, right? And we say, yeah, his family hated him, so let's help him out. Let's be, you know, don't f- worry about them, brother. Be patient with them, stuff like that. What happens, uh, and this is the, I guess, really difficult question, what happens uh, when your family is quite accepting of uh, your religion and your re- your new your new religion uh, and your new religious findings, but yet they remain on their own religion, and this is like a difficult question because in it there's a lot of consequences, as I'm certain you're aware of, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. I- I'm referring to the to the death of your sister. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa taala grant you patience, sala, to be uh, you know to, mm-hmm.
0: to to take that in a sense. Mm-hmm.
1: But, but but what I don't know if you can talk to me a little bit about how that
0: Sits with you. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting that you mention that because, you know, a lot of times we will, you know, making this clear distinction between Islam and kufr, Islam and disbelief, um, it, it makes it easier for us to uh, be more comfortable by being insular. Insular in our belief mm-hmm. as Muslims in the Tawheed and the oneness of Allah and how that's exemplified, you know, from the five pillars, you know, and people that do not do those five pillars or don't believe in them, essentially, then they're non-Muslim. And when it comes to interaction with them, that's where it may be a challenge, uh, especially if they are people of of character and if they are people of, you know, uh, 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 very socially compatible with you, Mm -hmm. i.e. your family members, you know, starting with them. Uh, That's where, like you mentioned, it can be a challenge. And it's very important to, to understand your boundaries, your integrity, uh, and what that means and how it's actualized. And I always tell people, you know, there's going to be trial and error, especially when dealing with your family members. And it's not, you know, your mother is not like how, for instance, Sa'ad ibn mother was saying, I'm not going to eat unless you leave this religion. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you got uh, you know, Abu Hurairah's mother, الله, you know, عنها, she embraced Islam, but in the mm-hmm. beginning, she cursed the Prophet Wasallam. Mm-hmm. you know, so it was it's it's easy for us to hear that you know when we when we when it comes to meeting a convert you know it's a common place for the convert to say you know my family's totally against me yeah uh, i'm alone but then when you hear the flip side of you know my family's pretty happy that i became a muslim it made me a better person or my family's like look as long as you're going to god i'm fine you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so it, it, it's a it's a you know it's a it's a diverse experience for a lot of people and i think a lot of times we as muslims you know, the seasoned Muslims um, that are born and raised Muslim and are practicing to some degree, you know, when hearing that aspect, it can be it can be challenging uh, in in learning how to navigate or advising the, you know, the, the renewed Muslim or the new Muslim on how mm-hmm. to navigate through that.
1: Mm-hmm. When you became Muslim, Sheikh, how did your family take it?
0: They didn't take it very well. It was, it, was, it was the it was the generic, you know, you're getting kicked out of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I come from a West African family, you know, West mm-hmm. Africans a lot of times they have they may have some exposure to islam and mm-hmm. it may be in west africa something that is positive but deep inside i mean in, uh, in like right for you is your religion and for me is mine you know yeah. but uh it could be you know they really didn't want they really didn't want me to become muslim obviously so mm-hmm. it was kind of rocky in the beginning
1: mm-hmm. But I mean, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like you, you come with, with some sort of baggage, right? Like like the, the, the whole difference of religion, especially in the West, right? When you move to the West. So one of the things that uh, you're from Ghana and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know of so many stories, for instance, and, and I don't want to say so many like like overwhelming, but I know of more than one story of, um, of men, for instance, who have become Muslims to only find out that, you know, long ago they had a grandfather who was also Muslim. Mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if these, these stories actually resonate with you or not but yeah resonated
0: it resonated with me yeah, yeah it happened to me as well mm-hmm. you know after i became a muslim is very interesting uh my uncle came to live with me mm-hmm. and he uh he came to he was my mother's my mother's brother and he is a king of a village It's called apatrapa in ghana oh. a smaller village yeah. but when he came to live with us it was very interesting because you know he saw i was a new muslim then so he saw me, you know, when it was time to pray, because my mother used to give me the keys to the car to go pray. She didn't want me to pray in the home. Mm. Right. So
1: that's that's I mean, that's that's that's
0: really uh genuinely that's supportive, right? If you think about it. it's supportive, but at the same time, it's it that and that's why it's tricky. And that's why I'm glad you brought this up because it's like, go here, here's the keys to my house, here's the keys to the mosque because you're mm. not praying in my house. Mm. And it was more from the my mother's evangelical Christian. You know, mm-hmm. She's actually in the next room right now. She probably hear me. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was, you're not praying in my house because those spirits, I don't want them in my house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Even when I used to pray, when I first, you know, I used to pray in the you know, middle of the night, you know, first become a Muslim, and my mm-hmm. mother used to pray in the middle of the night too. She would do tongues, so mm-hmm. she would hear me. Allah. And I don't know if any of you know what tongues is. Tongues is where you know, in, in the Christian religion, in some denominations, they will start to speak a certain language and they say it's the spirit, like the ruh oh, wow. has come into them when they reach the epitome of Iman at a particular time in their other card or, or a lecture or things of that nature. So Is you hear like, them say like uh, when,
1: when, when extremist Sufis uh, start to see the prophet
0: somewhat similar, like similar, somewhat similar. So it's, it's somewhat similar. It's a, it's a level of spirituality. That's unexplainable. And mm. it's a language that's unexplainable. So there'll be like a sudden, like something like this, right? Oh, so wow. if you ever wow. watch on any of these channels, you know, mm. you'll see them and they'll start to say a certain language. And some of them will fall out. In any case, my mother yeah. would do this when I would pray sometimes. She'd come and touch my head, and then I have to swat her head away. And she touched my head and swat her hair. Mm-hmm. And the end of the day, she's giving the you the ruqya. Yes, yes. She didn't like it.
1: No, I'm saying she's giving you ruqya all of a sudden. She's trying to yeah, <laughs> trying to get you out of uh, your madness.
0: <laughs> oh man, I don't know I if it's rookie or sharia, but it's, it's yeah. some type of something, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's an unseen battle, unseen war yeah. going on. Yeah. But my uncle told me one day, he was in my mother never told me this, and it was interesting. He said, you know. You know your uncle was Muslim. And I'm like, what? Mm. So then I'm surprised and I'm like, what? So he starts to use his fingers, his pointer finger, and his thumb. And he's like, Yeah, he used to have these things. And he's beats. talking about the dicker beats.
1: Uh, yeah, subhanAllah.
0: And he said he had his own little house that he used to pray in. What do you call it? A, 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 a masjid. I said, like, Yeah. Mm. He said a masjid. He said, mm. and he was married to a you know a Christian woman, which is common in West Africa, as you yeah. probably know, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh they buried him as a Christian, but he said he was very religious. He was well respected and praised. So yes, I did have a a, a Muslim in my family, and he was mm-hmm. a well-known He was a farmer, a cocoa farmer. Mm-hmm. It's one of the main products of Ghana is cocoa. So yeah.
1: So okay. So how, how did it? How did how did you? Um, now you're saying your mom is in the next room. How, how did you convince her? How did you ease her into your? Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, you lowering your voice like. <laughs>
1: I, said, I said no, no. I'm sorry. I said how how did you ease her into your new beliefs?
0: No, it, it was it was you know I always tell you know the converse man you know it's it, it's a stage it's a stage yeah. I mean you know you know studying four years later at the university and four kids later yeah. and, a, and a wife later you know yeah it's really about how you are living as mm. a Muslim because as mm. they say the proof is in the pudding it's your actions you could profess as much as you want as I was in my early twenties you know when I went to the Jamia when I went to the University of Medina she went to go to Biblical College. Hmm. So it was a lot of interesting conversations between you and but your I, mom, your mother. Yeah, my mom. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. So, I, so now she's a you know certified, I guess you call it deaconess, and she goes hmm. to different churches and things hmm. like to preach the word. Uh, but uh, you know, it was it was it was, was there were interesting conversations. But I think it's really about how you live your life as a Muslim, and the best way to do that is understanding the life of the Prophet Sallallahu and the companions. Yeah, how they lived. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So I guess really. I guess you're talking about like just kind of. I guess proving your by action really. I guess really confessing your faith by action. I guess really in a sense how you bring them along. Exactly. Talk to you a little bit about um, uh, your sister, Sheikh. Were you close to her? Um, tell me about like age difference stuff like that.
0: Yeah, my sister. She's nine years. So I'm I'm the oldest of three. My brother Rashid is nine years younger than me. And my sister, her name is Sakina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, my brother Rashid is seven years younger than my sister's nine years younger. And they're both mm-hmm. they are both non-Muslim. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, my father, when he first came here to America in the s- late 60s, early 70s, he was really he loved the civil rights movement and he loved, you know, the aspect of black power and black independence mm-hmm. uh, and black empowerment in particular. So he gave us all Muslim names. Oh, so my my name was Abdul and my sister's name is Sakina. My brother's name is Rashid. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's nine years younger than me. And uh, it's it's interesting because I didn't realize till I was kind of doing her eulogy, speaking about her, that I left to Al-Medina when she was around 10, 11 years old. So her whole teenage life, in the summers I would come back, but it really wasn't, you know, playing the big brother protective role. There were some times I had to protect her mm. um, in the summers when I come back from Al-Medina. But uh, I really remember, there are a lot of memories of when she was a child and some that were vague when, you know, She'd come back in the summers, but the relationship mm-hmm. was really, really good. As a matter of fact, you know, when I came back, finally, Medina, she got to see her nieces and nephews and my, her sister-in-law. And, uh, particularly what happened with this cancer, a lot of, you know, she would make a lot of statements that she never made before. Like what? Yeah. When we went to visit her in the hospital, cause you know, I, I had to tell her she had cancer. She would tell me, she, I used to be in the medical field as a surgical technologist. Mm. So she would ask me a lot of questions. Uh, she had her own salon and she would, uh, she used to be a consultant for like a uh, 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 medical, uh, what do you call it? Medical software, I think it's called Epic, some software yeah, she yeah. would consult for. So when she would go around different state to state, she would tell me, you know, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling this way, what do you think it is? And I tell her, cause I used to love, I love nutrition and things of that nature. So I said, you need to get it checked out. So, and then get a, a scan. So she sent me the scan. I sent it to one of the doctors I knew. He told me she had cancer. So I had to tell her. Mm. So she would ask me to pray for her, man. She would start asking me to pray for her. When we finally went to visit her, when it got bad, you know, the whole family went there. She asked me to pray for her. She asked my son to pray for her. She asked all the kids to pray for her. She said, come yeah. in and pray for me. So that was very interesting. That was probably the most intriguing thing uh, for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And like I said, that must have made you feel um, a certain way. Have you tried calling her to Islam, Shah?
0: Of course. Of course. I mean, you know, she was there when I was first trying to become a Muslim. When I was first a new Muslim, she saw the arguments with my mother uh she saw my dad how my dad would react and uh you know i was the oldest brother so when i come back she'd remind me you know of the days of jahili and things mm-hmm. that i used to do and i remember when you did this i remember when you did that mm-hmm. and you really changed so she she saw the change yeah. you know and she saw that it was real i mean later in life realizing that it was real yeah. and uh, she grew up where i kind of grew up so older people in her generation are people that i knew and that would tell her about me so yeah.
1: Shahabullah, you t- you told us a little bit about your uh, your mother's reaction. I-, I don't really know. You didn't tell me anything about your father's.
0: My father but- kicked me out, man. He was like, "You can leave this house, man." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was more like, you know, he actually had a friend that was a Muslim, and he ended up, I think, becoming one, like the vice president or in the office in Ghana around the time I left to Al Medina. And uh, he said that was one of my close close friends, and uh, but he said, you know. He just believed the message of Christianity. And, you know, to hear as a Christian that your son has become a Muslim, Mm. even though they integrate fairly well in West Africa and Ghana in particular, there's harmony, there's healthy integration. But it's still like, well, you're the religion of, you know, that's disbelief. And you're my son. Mm. So it's kind of you could say it's somewhat of a disgrace with lowercase letters, sort of,
1: was there any sort of uh, uh, like cultural clashes? Like, I mean, I don't know if. Uh, so, I know, for instance, in Sudan, uh, for the longest time, for instance, the you know, uh, Muslims were the ones who are most more educated than the Christians, right? And I know that in in probably in Western Africa, it's probably the opposite, right, where where right. Uh, Christians are more educated than the Muslims, right? So, th- I guess I, I don't know if you ever felt that. Have you, have you lived in Ghana? Have you have you do you know?
0: Well, you know, I got to visit Ghana and Ghana is kind of the same situation, you know, because from the north is where the Ghanaian influence Listen. is, which comes yeah. from Mali. And, you know, mm-hmm. so you will see that is, you know, kind of a situation uh, that the Christians are particularly more educated, generally mm-hmm. more wealthy, um, you know, especially in the capital of Accra. So you will find that um, and that can be advantages or disadvantages at times.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess that that would actually provide a little bit of like a cultural clash as well, right? Where we, we, for so long, we thought of these types of people as less educated, as, do you know what I mean? And now all of a sudden you want to join them,
0: right? Right, right. You know, and that's funny. That was never really mentioned to me by my mother. Um, You know, you're joining, it wasn't a class issue. It wasn't like, you know, you're joining the lesser people, the uncivilized people in our country. You know, it was never, it was never really that. It was more of you are joining this religion uh that is not christianity
1: that that claims to be the that claims to be the truth and that everything else
0: is the opposite to it yeah exactly and i
1: guess that's really the, the the point of uh and that's really in a sense i guess the whole point of divide that happens and i always question this because as i mentioned to you before we started recording the podcast so i do have family members who are married to christian um christian women for instance right and the question is always is that they don't, like, the Christian women don't convert. <laughs> they, they just live, like, you know, they just live their lives as Christians, right? And um, and it's funny to me because some of them, I have cousins, for instance, who are quite actually devout. They're actually quite religious Muslims, you know what I mean? Uh, in terms, not, not, not scholars or anything like that, but they're right. really mm-hmm. devout when it comes to their religious beliefs and the, you know, mm-hmm. the rituals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... When I talk to them about this whole, okay, well, have you called your wife to Islam? You know, I like, always these questions, right? And they mm-hmm. say, of course. Like, they literally, the answer is always like, of course. Well, mm-hmm. like, what happened in this? And, and they always say, well, hey, man, you've met me this way. you like me this way. You know what I mean? And you married mm-hmm. me this way. So, you just kind of, this is how I live. And they always say, the, always the question is, I said to them, like, like, are you hoping for them to be Muslims? And the question, like, honestly, Sheikh, it's so funny because the, the answer is always like, I never... I remember this one specific one who used to say to me, "I don't go a salah without making dua for for her to become a slave." Like he's like, "She's the love of my life, the mother of my children." He's like, "I cannot bear this whole mm-hmm. understanding of the fact that we are not going to be, um, uh, in a sense, really together according to our religious beliefs, right?" And I don't, I, I don't know if you if you can talk a little bit about, um, I, I guess, really your family in, in that kind of perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I'm first generation American. So I'm the first American in my whole family lineage, my whole family tree. My parents came here. Dad came here, brought his mu- brought his wife later. Wife learned English. You know, so I'm the first American. So I, I experienced Ghanaian culture, West African culture in the mm-hmm. house. But outside, I was an American, you know. Uh, you're you're code switching African. regularly. Huh? So you're code switching regularly, basically. Code switching regularly, exactly. Yeah. But it got to a point... I don't, I don't speak the language. I don't speak tree. You know, that's the mm-hmm. language that is spoken. I don't speak it because they wanted to make sure that I had the edu- the opportunity to get a quote-unquote proper education, and yeah. that could possibly, yeah. you know, one of them is they didn't want me to have the accent. Yeah. Um. So with, with that being the case, you know, you you, you do find the you know with, with with the culture that there is healthy integration, but at the same token, there may be what some may claim or some may see as uh compromise. Mm. When it came to my dad's friends when I grew up, none of them were really Muslim. None of them were Muslim, but they all knew about Islam. And they, you know, which was interesting. Again, it goes back to that integration. And that's what I noticed when I went to, you know, a West African masjid after I became Muslim, is that you'll find the man he's married to a Christian woman, and it's not, mm. it's not a big deal. It's not something that is, oh, she's not Muslim. You know, it was more of that was a commonplace within that culture. But America is different, which kind of goes to the cultural nuances within, uh, you know, that and the synergy with Islam, mm. which is very, very interesting. And I'm actually doing some reading on that as well. It's very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um, I, I guess really, I wanted
1: to know how interested were like your younger brothers and, and sisters when, uh, did they ask you about Islam? I just want to talk about, you know. Uh,
0: no, my brother, he really didn't ask. I mean, yeah, he, he talked to me about Islam and he got kind of, he, he became more involved in his Christian religion, especially especially when he got married. Because, you know, my mother's going to church, they're going to church. So when he yeah. went to church, he started to get more involved into uh, that faith. And uh, when I talked to him about Islam, it made a lot of sense to him. Yeah. But it was just the concept of Jesus, and him being the son of God. And, you know, when I break down the names and attributes of God, it made sense to him. But it was like, no, I still just believe that. I, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. You know, so it's kind of the buck stops there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just a, it's a system of belief. That's it. Huh? It's, it's just a belief, right? Is, is it the whole
1: idea of just it, like, I can't change the way I believe?
0: Exactly. You have to believe. Where does it? Where you know, in Islam, there's a portion where you just have to do taslim, right? Yeah. You just have to believe. Other, you just have to believe, right? Yeah. You know, and but there is kind of is a little more premature, right? You just have mm-hmm. to believe. So it's more mm-hmm. for between him and I, it was more of a scriptural. A conversation of authentic, authenticity of scripture.
1: Mm. Um, but
0: it was still, the question still remains with him. I mean, there were some questions mm. that weren't answered with him, but it was now married and things of that nature. It's kind of, one could say challenging, but it's up to him to yeah. do a little yeah. more. Yeah. Um, How about Sakina? Sakina, it was more of, uh, I didn't, I, I talked, it was more of action because she already knew what I represented. She knew, you know, after especially meeting the children, she understood it. And, uh, you know, when I call her too, she's like, it's interesting, but I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even, even, uh, even as she's passing away,
0: that was interesting as she was passing away. Like I mentioned, she'd asked me to pray for her and things of this nature. And she'd start to talk more about Islam. Um, you know, even to the point when she was on her deathbed that, that would, would, you know, subhanAllah, you know, she was very incoherent and, uh, I went to her in her ear, you know, I asked her to say that she had them, I whispered it in her ear. Mm. When we first got there, she was somewhat coherent. As soon as she saw me, she reached her hand out and hugged me. You know, I hugged her and kissed her on her head and, you know, she hardly ever does that, you mm. know? And she hugged me tight. She hugged me tightly and, and uh, you know, I just you know said, well, I said, we're here for you. And she was saying, you could, you could barely understand what she was saying, but little did my mother and I know that the moment was coming where she would be incoherent mm. right and what made the situation even more challenging is that no one could go and visit her because it was covid yeah and we're in a cancer hospital probably the best cancer hospital in the world md anderson yeah so no one could visit so we were able to visit her just because of the fact yeah. that she was about to pass away
1: Subhanallah.
0: that was other than that we would not have been able to visit her
1: subhanallah yeah
0: And talking to her was a challenge as well, because she was very, um, you know, very combative, very belligerent with the nurses.
1: Oh, okay. She didn't want to be there.
0: She didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Everyone was against her. You know, and then what are you going to say? It's going to be like, no, calm down. No, I don't want to calm down. Yeah. Right. So it was a lot of that. So, you know, pronouncing the shahad in her ear, she looked at me. I don't know if she said it. Allah knows best. But I was saying it. I said, "This is the time now. All that time that I've been talking to you. You see, my wife. You see, my kids. Just pronounce after me. Just mm-hmm. pronounce after me. Say an la Allah. There is no one worthy of worship except Allah. And that e, Jesus is the son of Allah. All this time, you know, I've been patient, and you know, I've wanted you and Mom and Rashid to become Muslim. This is the most. I just poured my heart out. Mm-hmm. Literally, just poured my heart out. Mm-hmm. And that—that's really what um, Subhanallah." Uh, Allah knows best. Allah knows best.
1: Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel, Sheikh? Like I, I don't know. Are you um, are you worried? Are, like how 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 does one like how do you feel?
0: Yeah, it's very. You know, you you're, you're worried. And you know what I'm worried about is that I did not do enough to be an example as a Muslim. Right where she is now, Allah Subhanahu wa knows best. Yeah, Allah knows best. We hope that she is someone that embraced Islam upon her death. You know, it's kinda of as the Prophet ﷺ said when 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 his son died, you know, in, in his in his arm.
1: Mm.
0: His young and he started to cry. Mm. Right. And he said, mm. Innal layahzan, mm. illa ma mm. yeah. right? And you know, the last part is what's so so profound to me. Yeah. Right? He said, The heart, the heart is saddened and the eyes will shed tears. But on top of all of that emotion that I have we will not say anything against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except what pleases Allah. Mm. And that was what is what was so profound, you know, even with that. And if she died upon what I currently knew of her to be upon, we know that where that may end up. You know mm. what I'm saying? But mm. we hope that with what was said to her and what she's seen from me before, that she made the choice to become a Muslim right before uh, Allah took her soul.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things you spoke about um, in your short video, uh, and, and again, it's, I guess, really the insensitivity of um, our fellow Muslims, really, I guess, you know what I mean, when it comes to dealing with a situation similar to yours. I don't, I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit on that.
0: Sure. No, I mean, no, yeah. And I, again, you know, I look at all of this... Um, it's a manifestation of the verse, you know, of verses in the Quran. And assist each other in good and right and and righteousness and piety. Yeah. And then also, you know, hmm. We made you nations and tribes in, in order to get to know one another. So one of them is knowledge. Ta'arafu is to know one another in order to appreciate one another. And that knowledge, obtaining that knowledge of one another, will not always be uh pleasant. You know, you may learn it in different ways. For instance, the Sheikh Mahmoud, you're from Mahmoud, you're from Sudan, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. So I was in Al Medina when I want to ask you this. this
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I was in Al Medina one time in the masjid, and I had some Sudani friends, mashallah, beautiful brothers. Mm-hmm. And there was a new Sudani student. So a lot of the the, the students, they like to introduce their fellows, their fellow, you know, uh, comrades in their country, yeah. fellow yeah. countrymen, to the American, al-Amriki, right mm-hmm. yeah so they introduced him to me one time so I had something in my eye mm-hmm. so while he was talking to me I would respond mm-hmm. but I would look and I would blink mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget this this is mm-hmm. he said yeah he hada. I mm-hmm. said he said brother what is this mm-hmm. I said Aish. he said yeah hada fahish and ish mm-hmm. he said that's like an a very bad act you know it's 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 an act of immorality. To do what? To blink, because I was blinking a lot, and it was blinking a lot like females do. Oh. <laughs> right? And I am i couldn't figure it out. So then the brother <laughs> that was next to him, he's like a joke. He's like a, you know, he's always making jokes. Don't worry,
1: he's American. Huh? <laughs> he said to him, don't worry, he's American.
0: <laughs> well, Allah, you know, I face that as well. Don't worry. I Yeah, and yeah. He, because he's American, give him a pass. Yeah, you know, but the yeah. brother told me, he was like, no, no, you know, women do that. I was like, brother, there's something in my, anyway. You know, so
1: yeah, hey, yeah. It's, it's actually really funny because, first of all, um right now, last time I went to Sudan was uh, about about maybe ten, twelve years ago, and I remember a discussion that I used to have with them because we don't actually know that there are Muslims in in uh, in North America, not like like the numbers that we're talking about here, and certainly not. Right. Like Muslims who are like the mainstream Muslims. You know what I mean? Like we do know about Nation of Islam. We do know that there was a little bit of break off of uh the Malcolm X stories. And we know these things. But but in terms of the numbers. So right now, for instance, I tell them when I tell when I tell actually my friends who are in Sudan, I tell them like, hey, if you go to Philadelphia, like to Philly, like you 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 are really bound to run into Muslims everywhere, you know what I mean? Right. Even in Toronto. Like right now, uh Toronto is I think uh the most dense in terms of uh per capita uh in terms of Muslims In so all of North America Right like, you, like you'll go Anywhere you go to You'll find a Muslim there Somewhere where they're Actually working And they don't believe it Because they, to them That's not at all The kind of rhetoric That they've been fed By the government Sudan has always been A country that's um, Very anti-Western Right So the, the the propaganda That's being pushed On the media all the time is like Oh the, you know The, the kuffar Right Like you know what I mean Like the West hates us And all these things um, And even in the I don't know if you remember This or not But like there was A little bit of time When people were saying Oh making du'a on, uh, oh Allah, you know, um, like, like crazy imams you these go, oh Allah, destroy, you know, America and destroy the West and destroy all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was there, I actually went and talked to the imam after he made this du'a. And him Sheikh, you know, uh, like I, I was I was raised in Canada, you know what I mean? And I, I know like so many I'm not talking like one or two. I know Canadians in the thousands you know what i mean who are muslims who are like salafi muslims who are like sufi muslims who are like you know like 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 there's a, like there there is a good number of muslims there. so when you talk about the country as a whole like this right it becomes really problematic for us to try to educate you know the the, the and the sheikh didn't know like wallah he genuinely did not know that there are actually americans who are muslims he was like, I thought there was, you know, just this nation of Islam people. right? Said, no, no, Sheikh, there is, you know. And then it, it's funny because even when I was in Saudi Arabia as well, and this is interesting because in Saudi Arabia shouldn't be the case at all, right? When um, I used to teach at uh, at, at the university there, uh, and when we would walk into a message, we would have some British and some Americans and some white Americans and white British people and, and, um, and uh, uh, African, you know, uh, British and African Americans. And when they walk into a place and... I'm the only one who speaks Arabic fosha I speaks Arabic fluent. So I speak to the, uh, the imam and I introduce him to these oh, like, oh, This guys from America. And he's, oh, mashallah, like, but Aslan, Aslan, where hey, is he from?
0: Aslan, I, I said to
1: him, Sheikh, he's from America. <laughs> no, 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 but Aslan, Aslan. I say, Sheikh, I don't, there's no, I don't know, <laughs> what Aslan, I don't know how more Aslan it is. I was like, he is one of those people. And legitimately, this is how I used to describe it to him. I said to him, he is one of those people whom, uh, the white man have literally kidnapped his grandparents, brought him so, here, the I don't know know which country he comes from, and this is where he's at. It's the only way you can actually get him to understand this, right? And then as soon as he understands that he thinks about this, he says, Okay, fine, don't worry about this. How about this white one, Aslan? Aslan, where is he from? You know, what I mean? like yeah, he, he cannot comprehend the fact that, and and I remember we right. have this brother who um, was a white man. But even his parents were Muslims. And this drove the imam crazy himself. He's like, well, like, how can your parents? And his father was a, an elderly man, elderly white man who's lived in, in Saudi Arabia for so long as well. Yep. So when he speaks Arabic, everybody, I remember everybody in the whole hall, they would just be quiet because he spoke uh, like a Saudi mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. this, this white man, blue eyes and blonde hair. And he looked like a hippie, you know, genuinely. Mm-hmm. But he was a guy who just lived in Saudi Arabia. And so... It, it, it honestly is just lack of knowledge. You know what I mean? Like many mm-hmm. people, especially in countries. I mean, I'm assuming things are a lot different now. Um, but, you know, but back in those days, they just didn't know. I also, um, this is also another funny story that I used to have. Uh, I traveled with Sheikh Abdullah Hakim quick to uh, Morocco. And we were traveling from Spain to Morocco through the ferry. And in the ferry itself is where the immigration officer will sit and will check your passport. And it doesn't matter what your passport says because as soon as he opens it, he looks at you and he sees your name. He's like, and where are you from? I said, oh, I'm Canadian. No, no, Aslan. Yep. <laughs> right? Oh, Aslan, I'm Sudanese. And I don't mind this. But mm. now, Sheikh Abdullah, when the turn came to him, he said, you know, I'm American. Aslan. I'm American. American. No, no, no. no Aslan. Aslan. And Sheikh Abdullah was frustrated. But it's funny enough because he's like, listen, I've been in Medina throughout the 70s. Like, I know exactly what's going on here. I said to mm. him, man, it, Aslan, I maybe I said I said to him aslan maybe Moroccan but you know from from me <laughs> then i just another go because he felt really proud about it yeah. right it's just how it is sheikh. like it's just
0: oh yeah I mean I, I mean when I came to Medina that was I'm so used to that I just said and you'll probably understand this one because this name was prevalent at a certain period of time in Sudan mm-hmm. when they would continue I just say <laughs> yani <Aywa, Yeah. Abdullah laughs> that's, that's my that's my nasab. Yes, and some so of them would is. get it and I say I couldn't I that's kullun my no, al- yeah. Allah, nah. and that, yeah. you know it, it, for me it was an american passport and I'm dark so when they would hear me speak there was one time I was with a brother a pakistani brother and we were sitting waiting for salat al-asr it was ramadan and it was packed so when I'm talking to this brother we're speaking in english right so there was a man he was just staring at me yeah he was staring i mean i'm used to going to like you know i think it was house of donuts or or, you know at a restaurant you know we come in speaking english everybody's looking and oh where are you from Uh, america but this one he was staring at me to the degree it's like you know i'm not that's not cool i'm not used to that yeah yeah (laughs) you know so when when he did that i said uh the brother's name was Adel. i said either man can you ask this can you ask this guy what because he was, he looked like he was from uh, Indo Pak descent and Ida was Pakistani. So I said, Can you ask him and just speak in Urdu if he understands you? What he asked him, and the guy was like, How, how, he's black. How does he speak English? This yeah. one, he's black. How does he speak English? Yeah, so seeing that level of ignorance is, yeah. I, I don't, I don't blame them for it because that's their level, that's their degree. But when they get on the mimbar, I have an issue with that. And that happened to me when I was in Jubail, and the, you know, a man he got up and he made dua. Allahumma you dumber al Amrika, al destruction. I was searching for this this brother. I was gonna say this guy, this brother, mm. I could not find him.
1: Mm-hmm. I could
0: mm-hmm. not find because and that's the of Allah Because I was very frustrated.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: uh and you know, again, he wasn't a person, he was an engineer that got on the member anyway. But you know, it's, it's 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 frustrating sometimes when you see that cultural, I like to call it cultural predation that you find in mosques in the curricula of the masjid you know, the khutbahs what's the curriculum? What are they talking about? What are the issues yeah. they're talking about? And this is why I really love to work with converts and, you know, and renewed Muslims because a lot of the renewed Muslims are people that were born Muslim but they had an epiphany, whether it was yeah. to be totally honest, whether it was a boyfriend that eventually became a husband, you know, or mm. whether it was a friend in college or whether it was a lecture or whether it was a near-death experience, you know, they renewed their faith, kind of how we say born-again Muslim, born-again yeah. Christian. Yeah. You know, What they face and what people that have come into Islam face, their experience, and the youth are very, very similar. Yeah. And a lot of one of the major characteristics of their quote unquote struggles is finding a safe place between culture and religion. Mm -hmm. And and that's why a lot of times you'll find converts when they embrace Islam, what do they say? There's no culture in Islam. Yeah. There's no culture in religion. Yeah. And one of the main reasons and one of their main examples behind that first very
1: problematic, very problematic statement to make in the first place, exactly,
0: exactly. You know, because well, the reason they make that statement is because of a lot of times because of marriage. Yeah, the convert, (laughs) you know, in college, he meets the Muslim sister, the Muslim sister likes him, she goes to her parents, her parents like over my dead body. Mm -hmm. And then when they give the explanation why, I was just dealing with one the other day you know the the, the 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 brother's family they're you know in a from a muslim country and they're like she's a convert like it's yeah you know it's this lesser it's quality true. yeah right or he's black or yeah. he's white right uh, or he's american American, no because yeah. of that you know the love hate relationship the Wallet and barat right the yeah. allegiance you know, of the perception that they have of the American, because, you know, to be honest, a lot of people watch TV in different countries and they make their analogy off of that. So there's a lot when it comes to culture and religion. But when studying more and understanding it, you realize that, you know, culture and religion work together and it is, you know, culture beautifies the aspects of religion, but it's just Mm -hmm. knowing how to appropriately uh, uh, exemplify that culture in a way. And we see it all the time from clothing, from ways of getting married. It doesn't go outside of the Sharia. It is what people have known that is harmonious amongst them. But we see where it's, you know, where there may be a clash and where there isn't. And Mm -hmm. we try our level best to maintain it. And that's something that I tell converts as well, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: How do you deal with, um, um, I guess, with with your family and going back again to this how do you deal with events that are being held uh, or that you have to go to? Do you have events that you have to? I mean, it's a simplest example, um, the funeral of your sister. How did yep. you deal with that?
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny because I talk about this and uh, with Yaqeen, Yaqeen Institute, I did a whole, uh, we just opened a series called Basics, Yaqeen Basics. Mm-hmm. So it's a video series for new and renewed Muslims on the who, what, when, where, and why of the five pillars. Mm-hmm. So giving these kind of guidelines is very, very important. And uh, I think I gave an example with that with my father's funeral. Because my father's funeral was in 2007. My mother had to tell me that he passed away. I was here in Dallas. My first concern was like, okay, this shirkiyat that are going to be performed. Should I go?
1: Mm. Right? Yeah.
0: Then the next thing that came to my mind was, وَقَضَى uh, mm. And your Lord order that you worship none but him and to your parents do ihsan. And how the scholars would always say that this follows worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which shows the importance and which as as a result, birru walidain, righteousness and good duty to the parents is fardain, it's obligatory. Yeah. So my main concern was, okay, my mother just lost her best friend, which is my father, her husband, her only, you know, uh, uh, love and The oldest son, culturally, if I would not show up, I know for a fact that would be a cultural disgrace. She would never let me go on that one. Mm. So I had to be, how would you say, religiously mature and go there. And she already knew I was Muslim. And this is the thing we have to remember as converts and as people that are practicing the faith is Mm -hmm. that. She knew I was Muslim and she knew what that represented. I mean, I studied in Medina and then came back. She knows Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to embrace Christianity. She knows that I'm not going to uh, uh, embrace the culture, if if there were any polytheistic cultural practices. So if I go there and decline, she knows why, and it's fine, right? So that's one thing I think we always have to realize is that when you're Muslim, you're Muslim for a reason. And if you know and the relationship is good that they know, it's important for you to, to embark upon those culturalistic practices, especially you yeah. first or second generation uh, uh Americans out there. Yeah, you know, it's very, very, very important. Um, so when I went when I went there, it was a lot of culturalistic practices, but none of them were polytheistic, even in nature, you know. So uh, for instance, you know, there was one day we had to go walk to the father's home, my dad's where he grew up and sit there with his sisters and sit there and talk to them. There was another day where they came to my mother's home and met her mother and everyone everyone sat there and talked. Then there was the day of the the funeral where his coffin was there and people would stand there. There was wailing from a couple of people. And we know in Islam, it's called a niyah wailing over the dead, you know? And I realized that there was, my mom said, yeah, that's one person that was paid to wail, I was like, "Oh my god!" I used to hear yeah, so about
1: this. Is, this is this is this happens uh in Ghana uh, as well, eh? Oh yeah, man. Oh subhanallah. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about this, yeah? Because I just I don't want to deviate from this, but this, I think this is a very interesting thing. <laughs> so what happens? Like they actually
0: like some rent. person will come and they'll start wailing. Like my dad's name was Cicero, so they be like Cicero, Cicero, why, Cicero, Cicero, why? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, and me and my sister, and my sister was with me, the one that passed away. She mm-hmm. was with. So I'm like, ask my mom. this was in Ghana, Sheikh? Huh? This was in Ghana? This was in Ghana. Okay. So my sister and I went to Ghana because my mother was already there.
1: Yeah.
0: We went to Ghana together. So, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, know, seeing that it was, you know, that someone was paid to do that, realizing, okay, that aspect from the sharia is haram because it shows displeasure with the qadr of Allah. When you're asking Mm. why and crying and increasing that mourning feeling. And, you know, so, okay, I didn't participate in that. But mm-hmm. them seeing the oldest son that came from America there spoke a lot about him and my mother and me, yeah. which was because I had 107 yeah. relatives on my mother's side. Yeah. You know, I met I met a majority of them for the first time in my life. You know how many cousins I met? I never met before. So the maslaha the benefit in that yeah. outweighs tenfold than me sitting at home and being comfortable. OK, mm-hmm. thinking that I'm protecting the Tawheed within my my action by refusing. My, it would have been most likely sinful if I mm. wouldn't. have. Mm. So that I, could, I, could, I could expound upon that, you know, numerous. There was a time where my mother, you know, there was a time where um and a, and a, a portion of that time where, you know, the, my mother, we had to go to church to talk about, you know, uh, it was it was a Sunday. So they went to church. So I went to church with my mother. Mm-hmm. I went to church with my mother, and then I wanted to hear the message of the wallahi laleen, the message of the... He didn't even, I think only once, he mentioned in the name of Jesus, the message was about death and how we are going to live our life. A universe... Mm-hmm. It was a very good sermon, mm-hmm. right? Very good. Yes, they had the band there. Yes, they had music. Yes, they had... Right. But I'm there to fulfill what bilwadi dayni And what I was doing, there was nothing in essence that was uh, impermissible in nature. And Allah knows best.
1: Did you get any um uh, criticism from Muslims around you or did you share that with anybody?
0: Yeah, I sh- oh yeah, yeah yeah, I shared it. I mean, I shared it with people. I have no shame in, you know, and if it's if it's criticism, I'd like to know, you know, where the criticism is from and if it would and if there was criticism, there wasn't any criticism firstly, but a lot of times when there's criticism in this, it goes it comes from those people that you were talking about. People that really don't understand either the sharia or understand the culture, mm. right? And not realizing that there is a synergy. Historically, there's been a synergy of Sharia and culture.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? So, yeah. yeah.
1: All right, if you're joining us still, uh, if you're actually just joining us, we are speaking to Sheikh Abdullah Durr. Uh, sheikh Abdullah is um, with Yaqeen, studies, and imam. You're a sheikh, you're in, in, in Texas, Right. Yeah, I'm in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You're in Dallas, Mashallah. Yeah, and uh, we're talking about the experience of reverts and converts uh, who come to Islam. We're talking about also how to deal with this. Um, I, you know, I don't even, I don't even if you call it a struggle because it, it is. <laughs> I mean, everybody, even Muslims with with no revert family members, are still going through some sort of struggle within their family members and so on and so forth. Like right? because I think one of the amazing things you, sh- you 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 drew parallel to, which is those who find Islam even if they are born as Muslims. So I, I became religious uh, mm. at an elderly age, right? Mm. But I do remember, I don't want to say elder, like I wasn't old, but I, I, I was certainly past my prime time. <laughs> uh, but it was at a time when even though my parents prayed all my life, like, you know, I saw them all the time, uh, I felt like they were not as religious as they should be. Which is mm. really strange, right? like if you think about it this way, right? I always to be like like because my dad used to make fun of me all the time, right He' like like he's, he would say to me, like you just became a Muslim yesterday. And he literally, he would use the word, that word, you know, he's like, you came in Muslim yesterday and you're judging us now. Like you're, you're just, now you're judging us. And and at that time it made no sense to me, right? Because I was really judgmental of all the things. Like, oh, no TV in the house, dad. Like what's going on here? Why is, you know, why is the, why is the, and then I used to live with my father in this house. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him.
0: I mean, um,
1: and, uh, um, and when my daughter would go upstairs so we didn't have a tv downstairs and we wouldn't allow for our daughter to like listen to no 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 watch tv no music or anything like that me and my wife were were mm-hmm. these extremists really if you think about was sitting in this house downstairs mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. upstairs my dad would turn on like the sudanese news uh sudanese um like uh, these tv channels and he would listen to it and uh mariam my daughter would go upstairs and she would dance like to this music and stuff and i would, and I would go upstairs and he would be clapping for her uh, and she and Miriam would be dancing, and my sister as well would be there. They would have like, like a, a party, and I I just come upstairs and I'd be angry, like Dad, you know, I, that's not how I want to raise my kids. You know what I mean? And he used to always say to make the same was like this. And I raised you, your brothers, sisters. You guys are all doing fine right now. You know, like like what are you? You know, what are you, you? Are you worried about m- my, me raising your daughter at this at this uh, in this time? Right. So there's this always for me specifically this sense of extremism that came about. I want to talk about your experience when you became Muslim at first.
0: Yeah, it was definitely, again, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, when you, when you, when it's the renewed Muslim, the youth, that includes the youth as well, you know, must that have been Muslim in their lives. And then they want to start to practice, quote unquote, the religion. They, they practice the religion as though they want a clean slate and they want to be from the 70,000, yeah. which we should all aspire to be right from the hadith of Prophet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that intergenerate be la hisab But when it comes to at-taamul, dealing with other people, we have to understand, you know, Ibn al-Qayyim, he mentions uh, when dealing with the people, it should be, uh, we should have looked through two different lenses. The first lens is the lens of the sharia and the second lens is the lens of qadr. So the lens of the sharia is that you order good and you forbid evil. But the lens of the qadr of predestination is that you realize, okay, this person is at this particular point in their religion, in their life, in their application. So mm. you have to deal with them accordingly. Mm. So your amr bin ma'ruf, your commanding the good and forbidding the evil, has to be conducive to that person's reality. Yeah. And if you don't understand the culture, you don't. Whether it's the whether it's the geographical culture. Or the the culture of a certain you know locality, or of a certain or even even the
1: psyche of the person, just the psyche of, of yeah, the individual person, yeah.
0: Like for instance, you know, and this is I, I don't know, man. This is a fit, you know. Those with those of us that come from the African descent, brother, when the kids hear the music, brother, when they hear the news, <laughs> guys. <laughs> You, <laughs> you, already know, you already know, yeah, what's going yeah, down, yeah, yeah, You know what's going down, they shake it, yeah. they move and shake. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh man, you know. Yeah. So, you have to know when to stop, when to be quiet, and when to speak in a conducive fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's and how it, push somebody
1: far away from Sheikh, right? Like, there's a lot, enough people that you give nasiha to, and your nasiha, even though it's delivered in the correct manner, and it's you know, right. but it just pushes people away because they're just not the type of people who accept nasiha.
0: Right, and sometimes the how is silence. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the how is silence. Yeah. Because, and that's that's one thing we forget. And that's why I was talking about, you know, if your parents know that you're a Muslim and you're trying your best to be a Muslim and they know that you don't worship Isa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they have a Christmas party, for instance. Mm-hmm. And your mother is adamant upon you showing your face. he go there and show your face. Mm-hmm. Go there and show your face. Do you go? Would, you, would
1: you go? Huh? Would you go?
0: I would go, yeah. What go would you do though?
1: What would you say? Would you say something specific? What would you
0: would I go if I went like
1: w- would you go with a specific like message? Like, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna speak to them. Would you go and like because sometimes you know, and, and this is one of the things that you sometimes used to always like because I specifically I want to talk to you about this. Sure. Uh, Christmas time, all the verses of the Quran about uh, you know, the and Allah and all you get all these. The verses of the Quran that completely condemn the actual, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a condemnable action. Like I'm not, I'm not going to say it is not right, right? right. Uh, that people should not worship isa ibn maryam uh, no. We know that uh, people should not take him as a rab, as a lord, and we know all of these things. We, people should not even take him as a son of a god, right? No, right. We all things, we know that these these are like major major sins if people like. But to come out of the time when you're living as a minority, right, right in a country where. Um, A lot of non-Muslims, a lot of Christians, for instance, have Muslim friends, and uh, they're trying to, I guess, really, we're trying to move past this whole idea of Islamophobia anyways, right? Like, we're trying to not scare people, trying to understand our religion, really, in a sense, Uh, but then, all of a sudden, is is it helpful for us to come at that time and to go ahead and give, oh, it's time for us to go and give nasiha, because I I went to an interfaith uh, event before, and when I went, and, and and you know, and subhanAllah, I'm going to tell you something. I don't tell anyone from my community that I'm going to an interfaith. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, I was an imam for, for 10 years, and there's 10 years I, I used to do one on a regular basis, but I never did One year, and this was really funny, they brought in a local newspaper and they took a picture of me. And uh, the next day, like immediately, the next day, uh, one of the brothers on on Facebook sent me the picture of the thing. I says, "Brother Haram, you know the stuff a lot. Like, how can you go to this place here when these guys are praying to Jesus? Like, I see Jesus on the cross behind you in this picture, right?" Mm. And um, I'm not gonna lie, I felt a little bad. I said, "You know, I shouldn't have gone. Sure. Like, this was a terrible thing, you know." What I mean? But then I also realized, like. Uh, i remember when i went there i recited a little bit of the quran or recited a bit. These, these these are the same people who would not have been exposed to any of it so that i wanted to know like the balance like sometimes like what like how do i balance between giving people da'wah and not showing up at all <laughs> do
0: you know what i mean right, that's the thing you know what is considered ala shirkihim you know what is considered mm-hmm. uh, your acknowledgement or acceptance of their polytheism or polytheistic practices Attendance doesn't always necessitate that in all cases. Agreement. Right? yeah. And what can help you to deter- what will help you make that decision is your relation, if it's a family particularly, what is your relationship with those family members? And what is your attendance or lack of attendance going to do to that relationship? Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. where, as you know, many that I ask, it's mas'ala mm-hmm. itchtihadiyah. It goes back to what do you think is the wisest thing to do? If you mm-hmm. know for a fact that it, if you're like the oldest, or the youngest, right? Or you're one of the children and you know that it would literally break your mother's heart if you didn't at least show your face. You say, mom, you know, I just, with all due respect, I really, you know, I just feel uncomfortable with that, especially mm-hmm. for my child, or I just feel uncomfortable with that right now. Um, do you mind if I, if I, you know, may not attend? And she says, no, you have to attend. Mm-hmm. Adamant. Mm-hmm. So I would attend implementing the verse, what bilwali but make it for a limited time. Go mm-hmm. and show your face. You know, shake hands with people, say hello to people. You know what I'm saying? And then go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing when they talk about afrah, When they talk about weddings, oh man, You're invited to a wedding. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. now, yeah. You know, you find a lot of times the Muslims we want to talk. You know, the seasoned Muslim-born Muslims, they'll talk about that. Ta'ala afrahim. Let's go mm-hmm. to their marriage ceremonies. The convert is surprised. Yeah how many times is a person that's come, you know coming to Islam he goes to the Muslim wedding and they jam into Michael Jackson man yeah. strobe light man yeah. oh man everything's there except pork shake right? yeah. I mean you know what I'm yeah. so it's like okay let's find some common ground here so when the scholars even talking about marriage ceremonies they say okay it's about the particular situation. Who is the one that's inviting you? What is most likely gonna be there? There's gonna be music and there's gonna be a lot of dancing and things like that. They would advise you not to go. But depending Mm -hmm. on your relationship with the person, at least, you know, a lot of the, one of the qiyud that they make or one of the exceptions or or guidelines that they give is, if you're a person of influence, uh, go there and do your best in trying to maybe mitigate the situation, right? Mm -hmm but again it goes back to the person and sometimes Actually, even like you said the psychic like
1: like you know sometimes it's always like this so i, I know this um so you spoke about this Hassan al turabi guy and I, I i remember when i was in sudan he attended a wedding but mm-hmm. the moment he is and this was interesting right because i don't think he even thinks the music is haram mm-hmm. uh, but he's a sheikh and he's a major guy right when he steps in the actual gathering like literally when his car arrives right mm-hmm. uh the music is turned off like the singer is brought down from the stage and wow. he walks in. Yeah, he walks in. Um, he, he hugs the, you know, the groom and, and you know, he kisses the forehead of the, of the bride, right? You know what I mean? Like he's, he goes through this whole like process and then they're like happy. Like, oh my God, the sheikh came and right. he blessed our wedding. You know what I mean? Yep. He doesn't stay long because he knows he's ruining it for everybody else, right? You know, he never, he, <laughs> the respectful thing is about him, right? And then right. he would just get in his car and leave. And then as soon as he goes... It's it's party on like they it's, they get yeah. down again the same way that it was, but he it, honestly, it it leaves such a um a sense of happiness in the actual like the father of the bride like oh my god this guy graces by his presence, you know people look up to him now all of a sudden oh you know this guy you know what I'm saying it yeah. brings all kinds of no go ahead, go ahead yeah and I was gonna say to you, and it actually becomes easier for uh, this person himself to, to accept Nasih from him later on.
0: That's what I was going to say. I wanted to cut you off. I wanted you to finish it. Yeah.
1: No, it, it's, it's so interesting. It, it makes
0: it so much, because now he's an approachable. He's not a person who just thinks he's... Yeah. They, do you think they didn't know that he... Let's just say, okay, you, you said that he views music as harm, right? But they turned it off because they know his quote-unquote opinion. yeah. That that gathering is not pleasing to him. yeah, But they respect him because he respected their... Union. Wishes, yeah Wishes and
1: right. union. yeah yeah
0: so you're opening a door to a future relationship that will allow you to influence them influence doesn't come mm-hmm. overnight
1: yeah
0: influence happened 23 years from the prophet sallallahu wasallam and it's still happening now i mean with his sunnah you know yeah. sallallahu alayhi wasallam so i mean definitely again you know as one of the one of my you know from the past said call people to the sunnah with the sunnah allah akbar yes you know so uh, you know, then Naseehah is not cookie cutter, man, and Naseehah is very, very. You have to have some cultural guidance within doing that because you give how in one way and psychological. Some people like you to tell them straight up as it is. Mm. Your older uncle, mm. right? But then your younger brother, no. Yeah. Or your older uncle's wife, she's soft. She wants you yep. to tell her in a different way. Yep. You have to know yep. how to do that. I mean, in one of the strongest proofs when we see Surah how the Prophet mm. says, Spoke to different people. A lot, lot of compromise.
1: Weeks. And a lot of compromise. Um, yeah, a lot of compromise. Just because the, the, the benefit later on, right? The, the future, like, benefit exactly. be, yeah, future benefit. Exactly. future benefit. Did you say anything at, uh, in your father's uh, funeral? Were you able to speak? Were you able to do anything? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. SubhanAllah, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it's mm. funny because my mother, I mean, obviously, we had the coffin in front of us. And it was my sister and I, you know, we're sitting there. And then my mother told me, she she came to me and said, say that Arabic thing that you say before your sermons.
1: Mm. The Arabic thing.
0: And I did, you know, khuppat al-Haja.
1: Allahu Akbar.
0: So I said khuppat al-Haja. And then I spoke about, you know, death. And then mm. I mentioned, اكتر ذكر هادم and الموت. Mm. I mentioned the hadith of Prophet ﷺ. You know, اغتب, uh, you know uh, نعمتان مغبونتان. You know, there's two things that were neglectful of. Asihatu al والفراغ. So Mm -hmm. take advantage of our time. But then most importantly, leaving the legacy. Whenever it's uh, when we talk about death, I always talk about leaving a legacy. What's the legacy that he would have, that the deceased would have wanted? Try to live that legacy within your life. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When I left Ghana, my mother said that people were so amazed at that Arabic thing that I said. Jaws were dry. I looked. People were just quiet. They didn't. They didn't expect me to get they thought i was gonna the americans gonna get up and speak english yeah i'm speaking i'm speaking arabic man so they're like what so yeah. it was, it, they were blown away and then they saw how you know it's with author how i got it from my mother the public speaking you know they saw yeah that. yeah 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 it was a it was really really um comforting the word comforting because they saw they saw my husband's wife and me, but then I look just like my dad. Like literally, some of my dad's sisters couldn't look at me when I smile; mm-hmm. they would start crying because they looked just like their their brother. You know, so mm-hmm. that did was you a speak at your. Did you speak at your sister's uh, uh, um, uh, funeral as well? Exactly, I did the same thing. I just yeah, my mother, my mother, she said, "You better do that Arabic." You know. <laughs> Yeah. So I did it.
1: That's a good sign, Sheikh. Like that's a really beautiful sign that your mother's asking you to speak. And like that's that would uh that would that would make me happy, you know what I mean? Like
0: <laughs> Allah, yeah. And 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 again, you know, and that's one of the du'as that I made, man, is when I became Muslim and I was immature in the beginning, you know, and I went to Medina, you know, in the heart of many times. Obviously, obviously, I'm asking Allah to guide yeah. them until yeah. today, man. Yeah. you know, to guide them. And that's just a manifestation of how, of, of Allah's Huda. That's how Allah wants to do it, you know. Uh, I can't force anything. You know, there's mm. no time limit. But, uh, you know, that relationship can happen in a second, Yeah, Huh? Ch- change can happen in a second. Yeah, it, it, exactly, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, the other day, subhanAllah, on my Instagram, I was in the masjid, and then my wife and my mother walked in the masjid. Mm. And my mm. wife was like, she wants to see the masjid, where you work, right? Mm. She calls me an Islamic lawyer because I studied yeah. Sharia. <laughs> <Yeah>. She's proud. <laughs> That's what I used to tell her. What is Sharia? I was like, I'm basically going to become a lawyer. Oh, a yeah. lawyer? My That's son a- is a lawyer.
1: You know, That's so
0: you got to be yeah. wise, man. So yeah. yeah, she walks in the masjid, and I just did an Instagram live story thing. tour around the masjid, and I told her, what it was one part I said, okay, now pronounce after me. Ash-hadu, ashhadu Allah, Allah. I said, you know what you're saying? She's like, I know what I'm saying. I said, mm-hmm. are you really what i I said, ah, you know, I'm, I, she, she's like, maybe one day, soon. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, so, you know, Allah knows best, man. Allah, knows Allah
1: best. subhanahu wa ta'ala, Gadir, inshallah. I, I'm, you know, and I... I one of the things that uh, remember my, our mashhur used to always say. They say Allah does not let you down if you ask Him exactly. genuinely. You know what I mean? Like regardless of what it is, you ask he does not. He won't let you down. So may Allah subhanahu wa taala guide your family. Inshallah, yeah. Adala, I can talk to you forever, man. I don't know. Uh, I know we were yeah. supposed to finish a half an hour ago. Oh really? And I know you got and I know you gotta go. It's like it's like it's almost seven o'clock right now here. So it's maghrib time for us here. Yeah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant you Jannah, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you on all the projects that you're working on. I do know that you're working on the, uh, uh, the I think the, the, the series were called the Testimony of Faith, the Pillars, Five Pillars Made Plain.
0: Yeah, Five Pillars Made Plain, Yaqeen Basics. And then we also, I also started a nonprofit in 2010 called New You, K-N-E-W-U.org. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of effort I do right now. And then I'm also doing some stuff in like nutrition and fitness as well, along with being an imam of a masjid. When, how do people get a hold of you uh they can reach me i mean you can see me on my instagram i'm kind of getting new to this social media stuff yeah. but uh instagram so, facebook instagram, facebook yeah abdullah uduro uh and uh yeah that's probably where you can see me and i'll put all the links for those inshallah as well here
1: khair may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you inshallah may allah give you jannah inshallah
0: i mean shazakallah khair for this opportunity I may mean, allah make this podcast a means of returning to him inshallah and in his remembrance ma'am. good work
1: the double it podcast hour has been produced by yours truly my name is Mamoon hassan you can find me on twitter and instagram at this underscore moon underscore lives or look for me on facebook double it podcast hour has also been recorded at Nebagam media studios until next time look for us and we will look for you